Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And for me, the magic words will always be mecha like a high, mecha hiney ho. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I've always kind of felt that uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was its own little corner of the Matrix, and Cowboy Curtis is just Morpheus checking in on Pee Wee, who took the blue pill. <laughs> Wait, did we just get two couch gags? <laughs> he took the first. Well, that that was I, I was moving on, but you can count count that as a bonus couch gag if you like. Yeah, you're good for next week. We're all right now. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Pee Wee Herman show. Well, I mean, okay, not Pee Wee Herman. The Pee Wee's big insert adjective here. Show. <laughs> all the, oh. All Pee-wee's big adventure versus Pee-wee's big uh, vacation, big big, uh, holiday. It's weird, like, thinking about Pee-wee Herman, like, most of the stuff that was from our childhood, I can explain why it's cool. It's like Transformers, they're cars that turn into robots, and I get to Pee-wee Herman, I'm like, well, um... It's Pee-wee. There's this guy, he's got a bow tie. He's an asexual man-child who wears a suit that's too small for him and speaks in a baby voice. When I'm sold. I originally went when when did I first show the girls Pee Wee Herman? It was years ago. And I, I put it on for them and we watched for maybe maybe fifteen, twenty minutes. And then finally one of them turns to me and she goes, Why is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't into cherry or anything? No, they weren't no no no, the movie. The Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, the movie, sorry. Yeah, we're not doing the T V shows yet. Right. But when I did point out to them that Morpheus was Cowboy Curtis, that blew their mind. <laughs> No you know what else is going to playhouse is. You know what else blows people's mind? Pee Wee Herman back in the movie theater. Could it possibly Shotgun be shows. the podcast collective? Yes, it's the fact that we're on a new network. Yay, we have a new home on the. Oh, I, I thought I was right. You were kind of. So yes, we are with the podcast collective now, uh, home to such shows as the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, the Bad Parenting Podcast, us. No hope for humanity. Indeed. Indeed. And on the block. Yes. And us. And us. And the left field sports lab. Wait. <laughs> and the Coffin Jailcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go check us out, Podcast Collective. Or if you're uh, hanging around on Saturdays at noon, you can find us on Geek Life Radio. After two shows whose names I don't recall, but I know We're one of them. We're between had... stick twiddlers and turnbuckle throwbacks. Yes, I was going to say, I knew one of them had something to do with wrestling. So, yeah, check us out at noon on Geek Life Radio. We're streaming there. If you're looking for any of our older shows iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Talk Show. I wish I'd have been uh, quicker on the draw because I would have said, yeah, and the other one is about turnbuckles. (laughs) (laughs) And if you'd like to uh, give us a call, you can always dial the voicemail line at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or reach us via email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Or you can even leave us a voicemail via the Call Now button on our Facebook page. Yes. So, yeah, we've got a lot of listener feedback after a uh, dearth of uh, mm. listener feedback, aside from the odd voicemail correcting us about cricket. Oh, yeah. You know what? I actually have an email from Tommy the Duck. You want to hear that, isn't it? Yes. Let's start with that. All right. So, Tommy the Duck says, hey, guys, I had an idea inspired by our fascinating and in-depth review of Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. <laughs> How about a show about the future? Future is a subject of endless speculation and possibilities. The future Conan? Future Conan? Sorry. Hmm. Wait. How do we do it then for the future? I don't know. Wait for it. He explains. This is a good now, email. Now have now have depictions of the future how have depictions of the future changed as time has progressed? For example, 
The Jetsons, Blade Runner, Buck Rogers, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, Total Recall, 2001. Uh-oh. Oh, that's Back to the Future 2, Star Trek, and yes, of course, everyone's favorite detective, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. You could also touch on things like Epcot Center, Spaceship Earth, Disney's Tomorrowland, Old Issues of Popular Science, The Demaxian House, Flying Cars, Electric Cars. Did you know that in 1990, 2% of all cars were required to be zero emission by 1998, and it was supposed to be 10% by 2003. How much of this stuff has come true? How much is still considered possible versus impossible? It's a lot of word, Tommy. I don't think we need to do that show anymore. He just did it. I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's a whole like podcast in itself, like a, a separate show that runs 10 episodes yeah so that's a great that's a great topic though i like it, it. i know yeah, he we wants might to, be able to do that as a two-parter right you compare that with modern versions of the future which seem to be much more reeled in most deal with semi-realistic versions of current computer tech but some are still far-fetched new star trek movies elysium minority report total recall futurama and yes hey, he, he already sold us why are we still reading this <laughs> you also have to include episodes of The Simpsons that take place in the future. Nice. Damn. Um, early on in the email, I thought he was going to say, after the 22nd century, that he's going to be like, do crappy cartoons of the 90s. <laughs> That's where I really thought he was going. That's another <laughs> endless topic right there. All right. Uh, are we ready for some voicemails? I think we should just take all that entire email and just transfer it into the show notes. How about we just end the show now? Here we go. Surprise. Oh, it's a yep, future show. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll finish this later. <laughs> <laughs> in the yes. future Let, let's hear some let's hear some okay well, i'll start with this one from someone i think he said his name was brian i tried to screen this one. Oh, hey yeah brian wine guy here was thinking about your uh drinking game you were thinking about this last episode the buffet episode and i got to thinking hey it'd be great drinking game every time you guys grossly mispronounce common words <laughs> And then I got to thinking a little bit more. Nah, then we'd be responsible for untold numbers of alcohol-induced deaths. Can't happen. You're on your own with this one, guys. <laughs> you know Is what? Brian, Brian the Lion Guy. Oh, no, Brian no. the Wine Guy, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's Brian yeah. the New York Wine Guy. Okay. You know what I have to say to that? Are don't you going to fart on air? <laughs> I'm drinking now. <laughs> I have to get up so I can get up to my three-beer limit, so that way I can pronounce things correctly. There we go. Yeah. All right, well, we've got one from Luke from Chicago. Haven't heard from him in a while. Hey, 40 going on 14. This is Luke. I have been spending more time commuting lately, so that has given me a chance to catch up. And I have feedback, listener feedback, as a matter mm. of fact. First off, on the Sherlock Holmes show, why did no one mention Data? It was one of my, I mean, it's, it's goofy and all, but it's kind of one of my sort of oh. favorite portrayals of, you know, kind of pop culture-y Sherlock. Yes, it was always kind of amusing. But I was surprised he didn't get, you know, not not an analysis, but even like a little uh, tip of the tip of the hat and so forth. Um, also, the, the Buffett show. Um, I guess I missed something because I assumed you're going to be talking stock tips and investment strategy, and instead it was just Jeez. a whole bunch of going on about food. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, unless that's the... Is that the plan? Uh, buying stock in food companies? I don't, or, buf- or uh, buffet companies? I don't know. But anyway, Buffett show, very confused. Um, so yeah, uh, financially prudent butts to the elementary front. All right. If you were going to take investment advice from anybody, it would not be from us four. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, right. that's true. Invest all your money in cardboard. I bought four tons of it the other day. Yikes. Unfortunately, you're in Texas and you left it in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been all floated away. That's actually an old Steve Martin bit where he talks about card. He's like, I bought four tons of it at four cents a ton. Now it's at six cents a ton. So you do the math. 
All right. And we have a bunch of feedback from Twitter. Uh, I'm going to start with the beginning of the conversation instead of going through all of it. But uh, once again, at Wiretech Girl, it's uh, Annalise from Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. Hello. Uh, she says, I love Sherlock Holmes, so of course I had to listen to 40 Going on 14 Sherlock Holmes episode. Love hashtag The Great Mouse Detective. Josh has read the books. See, I thought you were going to talk about the, the thread that was going on today about prostate stimulation. Did I miss no, that? I missed that. I'm going to Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, the thread from today, I, I think Mike uh, has his uh, phone autocorrecting prostate uh, stimulation from Polish Buffet. Nope. <laughs> it's the same uh, thing, isn't it? <laughs> well. It just Some occurs earlier, some occurs later. <laughs> Uh, RJ Holt 666, a good friend Randall Holt says, listening to 40 Go 14 talk buffets. Apparently need to find a Polish buffet near me. Hashtag food korma. And, uh, at the end, he says, at 40 Go 14, I left you a five star iTunes review in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's go find it. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> all right. Is that all the feedback? Yeah, I think it's about that time. It is about that time. Yes. This week in music, movies, and TV. Sports, paging, sports. Sports. <laughs> paging, sports. Oh, I was waiting for the uh, waiting for the Pee Wee Herman impersonations to come in. <laughs> Oh, that was that was beautiful. Should I attempt to do the entire Twee and Pee Wee Herman voice? No. Please don't. No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so August 9th, 1985, the release of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Music. The top songs of the day are Like a Virgin by Madonna, The Wild Boys by Duran Duran, and Sea of Love by The Honey Drippers. Sea of Love, that's one of those songs that uh, throws me off. Like I, I always think it's from like 10, 20 years earlier than it actually is. Yeah. Well, it yeah. Well, it's got a very old sound to it. It was actually the Honey Drippers was at one of those uh, get together groups where it was actually led by uh, Rick Ocasek and Robert Paul or Robert Plant. Yeah. So what? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Robert uh, Robert Plant, uh, Rick Ocasek. Uh, who else? Let's see. Um, blah, 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 blah. Robert Plant. It's had a lot of a lot of uh, people. So in sort there. of a super group. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, like a, with a rotating door. Um, a collaboration, <clears throat> if you will. Yeah. So you have everybody from Robert Plant to Jeff Beck to Paul Schaefer to uh, Brian Setzer eh, that have cool. been in this uh, at one point or another. But um, the original lineup was uh, Robert Plant, Andy Sylvester, Kevin O'Neill, Ricky Cool, Jim Hickman, Keith Evans, Wayne Terry, and Robbie Blunt. So some good. All right. Yeah. A lot of studio musicians. Musicians. Yeah. Because <laughs> as we've learned. <laughs> so uh, 1985. <laughs> Is also the year of the PMRC, or Parents Music Resource Center. That's that group that was kind enough to put all those cool, explicit lyric stickers on all the music with the cool songs. Tipper Gore. Yeah, yep. Tipper Gore. And the number one song in their list, strangely topical, Darling Nikki" by the now late Prince. Yeah, it just happened today, as as of the day we're recording this. Yeah. So. You know, He's never going to be on time to anything now. Rest in Paisley. You know, you gotta wonder if Tipper Gore bought stock in um like label some makers. of these bands because those stickers just made people want to buy them more yeah it turned out to be a great marketing ploy for the exactly companies yeah, made a great I, t-shirt i don't think i ever would have heard of two live crew if it wasn't for those stickers exactly yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's the Streisand effect before Streisand. <laughs> so, so right, like, well, like on speaking of Streisand, like on her album, where they're like, "Dude, say the f word a couple more times, we can throw a sticker on there. It'll sell more records. Trust us." And I mean, the- it was kind of like a rite of passage to have a record with one of those stickers on it as a kid. You're like, yeah, I hid this from my parents or whatever. Yeah, my parents don't care. Yep. <laughs> All right, so August 10th, Michael Jackson bought ATV Music for $47 million, which included the rights to over 250 Beatles songs. In 2008, Michael Jackson sold the rights to Sony in order to settle up debt. Those rights are... Now, now valued now. at approximately $1 billion. <laughs> I was trying to spell check before you got to yeah. the word. <laughs> and I think uh, Sir Paul McCartney is frantically trying to buy back as many of these as he can before he kicks it. Well, he was actually the the number two bidder when it came time to buy them in 1985. Wow. He actually, uh, when, when, they, when they recorded their video for Say, 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 he gave Michael Jackson the advice of getting into music publishing. And, uh, you know, he kind of took it a little too far and bought the Beatles stuff from right, <laughs> that's a right great up underneath idea. Paul McCartney. Paul, that's a great idea. I'm going to buy all your stuff. Yep. I didn't mean to buy all stuff. <laughs> and it's, it was pretty much the only thing that kept him, kept Michael Jackson solvent in like what? the 2000s was the fact that he had the rights to those, those songs. <laughs> I sounded like a cartoon dog instead of Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't mean to buy all stuff. <laughs> Gorsh. <laughs> Woody Allen doing I'm uh, just a simple country Clifford. chicken. <laughs> so, uh, movies. Films releasing this week include Real Genius, My Science Project, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Is this the acronym of the week? Yes, it, it is. is. It's R-O-T-L-D. Yes, that's Ringworm on the Last Donut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did it. Oh, Ew. I anyway. <laughs> Four office workers, one pastry, one fungal <laughs> infection. Are you hungry enough? A film by M. Night Shyamalan. Obviously, that's Return of the Living Dead by Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> and, and the twist is it's not even a donut, it's a croissant. Oh. <laughs> oh. And the uh, Mickey Rourke epic, Year of the Dragon. That wasn't too bad, Year of the Dragon. It was okay. not one of the, what I would call, good Mickey Rourke movies, it was, though. It was no Angel Heart. <laughs> oh, I liked that movie, actually. Year of the Angel Dragon, Heart? Angel Heart? Yeah. Angel oh, Heart was, was good. I liked it, too. Yeah. What could we- I don't know. What about uh, Harley what? Davidson and the Marble Man? That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I've never seen that one, either. What? It's not, like, it's not like high-quality entertainment, but it's a lot of fun. It's not good, but it's worth watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, in 1985, the average price of a movie ticket is $2.75. Damn. Oh, oh. Damn. That's I don't a- think you can get a box of snow caps for that now. No. I mean, well, you can at, at uh, Walgreens, but I mean, that's, that's less <laughs> you can than. You half a box. That's less than a red box. You can't go to the bathroom for that at a movie theater. You may be using movie theaters wrong. I'm just, <laughs> just, just thinking about this, the way you said that. <laughs> Speaking of bathrooms, Anna Kendrick, what? Hollywood Girl Next Door, is born on August 9th. What does that segue mean? Do you not like Anna Kendrick? Are you the only one in this group that doesn't like her? I like it when she's in the bathroom. What? 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 (laughs) TV! On August 13th, West 57th debuts. None of us have ever heard of this show. (laughs) Nope. It was a a rough, rough week in TV. Yeah, but it sure as hell came out on August 13th, 1985. So, uh, also this week, Battle of the Planets, the American adaptation of the Japanese cartoon Gachaman, Ends on August 1st. Oh, I love that show. It's crazy that it went that long, though, because, like, uh, Battle of the Planets premiered in, like, 78. Well, they had to do all that editing to make sure that uh, Zoltar wasn't ex- wasn't a um, hermaphrodite. Well, that's true. <gasps> <laughs> you all right there? What the hell just happened? 
think the bong just ate Mike past got me. it. <laughs> no. Mike, Mike got it. Oh, shit. You idiot. You just made me put whiskey in my sinuses. Yes. <laughs> Clear them right oh. out. So, I got uh, smoke in my lungs. <laughs> Emily Kinney, who plays Beth Green on Walking Dead, is born on August 15th, 1985. Hmm. He's cute. So, she can't really, she's not a good musician, but she's cute. Emily Kinney? Yeah. Dirty Secret? I've never watched anything past the first season of... Uh, well, then you wouldn't know who she was. Yeah, me Dead. either. I've, I've watched the first season. I cashed out on the second uh, the second episode of the first... Or the second episode of the second season. Smoke more. Shut your face. <laughs> Sports! A historical day in baseball occurs on August 4th as the California Angels Rod Carew... Carew, right? Yeah, Carew, you got right? it right the first time. All right, cool. I get a drink. Oh. <laughs> huh? Mike will drink with that. <clears throat> Is the 16th MLB player to get 3,000 hits in his career, and the Chicago White Sox, Tom how do you How do you fuck up Chicago? I didn't fuck up Chicago. I said it right. I just drawled it. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> I come from Chicago. Fuck you with the sausage. Buffet what? man. Wait, Pat, how many hits have you had in your career? What are you? Yeah, well, more than 3,000. <laughs> so Seaver is the 17th pitcher to win 300 games in his career. Nice. True. That's kind of, kind of, when you're like the 17th, it's kind of like, yeah. Well, no, considering there's, you know, a couple thousand to be only the 17th ever to do it. I'd buy that for a dollar. Okay. So on August 11th, <laughs> Rudolf Parvartnison. Close enough. <laughs> Of the USSR sets a new high jump world record of 7 feet 10 inches 12. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. What does a 12 mean? Yeah, what is it? What could that mean? Millimeters? Is there? That's metric. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe it's metric. Maybe it's 7 meters. Then why did you put put little... Does it have something to do with the wickets? Yeah, there's an asterisk. That means he doesn't get any outs. Oh, (laughs) good call. Good call. All right, so, all right, just to get this out, Pee Wee Herman. I'm going to put, go on record as saying I'm not going to do a Pee Wee Herman impression during this episode. Everybody has to do at least one. Uh, no. You already got a little haha from me at the beginning of the twee, so I'm, I'm, All right. I didn't I'm done. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just bust out Beast Man. Okay. <laughs> Joel, before we start, come on, let's, where's yours? It's three Skeletors and a Beast Man. That sounded nothing like Pee Wee Herman. No. <laughs> Mr. Herman, paging Mr. Herman. Technically, <laughs> technically, you're right. What? Technically, you're thing. right. That's Pat. You got a pee wee. <laughs> oh. Funny, you should ask. <laughs> la 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 la. I'm trying to use the phone. That's all I got. All right, got that out of the way. We're all good. I don't do a very good one, so I'm not gonna bother. Okay. Where did you go? Pat just went into a tunnel. Sorry. <laughs> all right. So Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out in 1985. The eccentric man-child Pee Wee Herman gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight. He sets out across the United States on the adventure of a lifetime. That is a much better summary than they have on Netflix. What does it say on Netflix? Uh, they, they call him like a childish prankster. Prankster? I was like, that's a weird description for that character. Hold on, I'm headed over there to see what it is. Uh, Netflix. Maybe because he's in the he's in the magic shop buying all the pranks. Maybe. Maybe. Best I got on that. So I just this, it stuck in my mind as a really weird description of his character. Mm-hmm. Somebody really, just watched the first ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, what a prankster! He's like a uh, child. He's a childish prankster. When his treasured bicycle is stolen, childlike prankster Pee Wee Herman sets off on a whirlwind cross-country adventure to recover it. All right. So, so it's not inaccurate, aside from the prankster bit. Right. So this is the actually directing film direction debut debut of Tim Burton. 
who then went on to make all sorts of weirdness. It yes. is also the first time that Tim Burton and um Danny Elfman Danny Elfman have worked together. Yeah. All I can think of was I could think of was say that was the devil worked together. Well, it's not wrong. No, not wrong. Oh man, how can we shoehorn that in? Forbidden Zone? Forbidden Zone and something from now. No. <laughs> <laughs> love that movie come let's on let's get man. to the cast right so well wait wait we got to get through the writing credits because this was actually a shock to me this oh, was yeah. written by the and one one and only phil hartman with paul rubens peewee and michael varhall but i did not know that phil hartman had anything to do with this i didn't either yeah, that um really blows my mind. Um, the other guy, the Michael Varhall, is known for things like The Big Picture, The Last Word, something called Banjo Man, and uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So that's his big. Well, here's here's maybe why. Um, if you look at his writing credits, he wrote the original TV movie, The Pee Wee Herman Show, and uh, then he worked on the the series, and then he did the show for Broadway that was uh, in 2011. Really? Yeah. Phil Hartman, yeah. That actually makes this much more awesome. Uh, and this... wonder why I didn't work on the, the 2015 one. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was kind of the uh, transition of the character into mainstream, because this is before the cartoon show, the Saturday morning live-action show. But, uh, I mean, Paul Rubens started doing this as a not-quite-stand-up sort of stage routine. And uh, it had a lot of innuendo, a lot of uh, k- kind of crude, sexual, perverted undertones, and uh, the it, show was popular. It was more like Rocky Horror than children's show. Yeah. I, I, have you ever seen the HBO uh, premiere of his stage show? No, no. no. I'm just taking it's, a guess. It's amazing how close it is to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like, you've still got to miss Elizabeth. He's still very childlike, and it still is like, I'm the luckiest boy in the world. But uh, there's a lot more sexual innuendo, even if uh, he is kind of oblivious to all of it. Hmm. And yeah, actually, David Letterman took note of the show and had him on as the character a couple times. And that was his big break, getting him the film deal. Wow. I had heard about it, but I'd never actually seen it. And it was something I had planned on watching, but I was focused on the, the two films. So I never. Oh, dude, it. it is so worth it. Uh, I re- remember renting it on VHS when I was big into Pee Wee uh, back in the yeah. original, like late 80s. Nice. So let's do the rundown on who's in this thing. So we've got Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. We've got Elizabeth Daly as Dottie. Mark wow. Holton as Francis Buxton, known for the rest of his life as that dude in Pee Wee. <laughs> Diane Salinger as Simone, Judd Oman awesomely as Mickey, uh-huh. uh, Irving Hellman as Mr. Crowtay. Mr. Crowtay, why do I recognize Crowtray. Crowtray? Yeah. Okay, and then Monty Landis as Mario. Francis Buxton's done other stuff. Yeah, it was on sure in 2003, I believe he played Gacy. Yeah, he uh, Mark Holton. Yeah, yeah, he does. He then and in that he really, I actually saw that one because of my weird connection, but um. That, uh, yeah, he does actually does a really good job of it. He's, yeah, he did. Oh, I remember I did see that. Oh, yeah, he was in Leprechaun. He was the man child in that. He oh, was in yeah. Teen Wolf mm-hmm. in 85. Yeah. Uh, I knew I'd seen him in other stuff. He was in Teen Wolf too, apparently, as Chubby in both films. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Anyway. I mean, he's got something going all the way up to 2008, something called The Thirst Blood War, where I bet he dies in it. 
Most likely. Yeah. And he was in Days of Our Lives as Detective Morgan <laughs> in episode number 1.10652. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I don't know what that was. It's oddly specific. All right, so anyway, not talking about that dude anymore, but... Um, some trivia. I really want a bathtub like his character had, though. That's not a bathtub. That was a pool. That was a pool. <laughs> yeah. So approximately 10 to 12 bicycles were built for the movie by the Pedal Pusher Bike Shop in Newport Beach, California. It's a shop that specialized in vintage and classic bicycles and parts. They were offered 10 grand and no screen credit or screen credit only. The shop chose the money. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? The the bike shop had an autographed 8x10 glossy of Paul Rubens that said, To Mike at Pedal Pusher. Arrgh! From Pee Wee Herman. Man, they got the raw end of that deal. Well, I mean, how do you... How- Seriously, I mean, how do you hedge that bet? Yeah, I mean, at the point, they maybe saw him on Letterman, maybe saw the HBO special, but you couldn't know that Pee Wee Herman was going to be as big. I mean, it's it's crazy that he was as popular as, as, as he was. Right. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what? They are still around. So. Well, plus you've got kind of an untested director and the, all of it about that was kind of... Could have been a crapshoot. So, yeah, I guess so. But right now they're like, dang it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with this, you're like, you see this. We're making this movie. This dude is the star. Dan, you know, Tim Burton. You see Tim Burton wandering around with that hair and that jacket. And he's the guy that's in charge. So, you know, it's like, all right, that sounds great. Yeah, I mean, there isn't really a huge name at this point to, like, say, okay, this is going to be huge until you get to the end with, uh, like, Morgan Fairchild. Oh, I know. So, uh, some more trivia. Tim Burton and Paul Rubens brought on Danny Elfman as composer after Burton had attended concerts by Oingo Boingo, of which Elfman was lead singer and songwriter. Elfman was originally apprehensive, having no formal music training, but he was assisted by bongo guitarist Steve Bartek as an orchestrator. Elfman later said that hearing his music performed by an orchestra for the first time was one of the most thrilling experiences of his life. The dude's got mad skills. And the rest is history. <laughs> because I don't think there is there is one composer out there that can be above Danny Elfman where you hear his music and you go, that's who that is. There's no mistaking Danny Elfman music. Plus, Basil Polidorus is actually pretty recognizable. But Wait, what? Basil Polidorus, guy who did the Conan soundtrack. Way to shoehorn that in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know Ingo Boingo is pretty, pretty epic. I want to talk about Conan. I want to talk about. You said it. I, I'm, well, I, I'm sorry that I had another example. I apologize. I'll just sit over here and shut up. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> That's all we needed to do. <clears throat> all right. So uh, inside the magic. Good show. day to you. <laughs> Good day to you, sir. Inside the I ma- said good day. magic shop by the front entrance is a picture of Elvira, played by Cassandra Peterson, who later plays the biker mama in the film. Wow. Yeah, I recognized that while I was watching it, that uh, they had a picture of her as Elvira, and then she showed up later. Yeah, I saw wow. the picture, did not know that was her, because I was too busy trying to find Epstein. <laughs> that was... That was something I found. He's actually uncredited as biker number four, but literally it is the dude who played Epstein from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Huh. Yep. Yep. A lot of fast-forwarding, rewinding. I think I know which one it was, but not entirely sure because swelling. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he swelled. I'm not sure. So, uh, But during the magic shop scene, Mario shows Pee Wee heads of different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Shrunken, normal, and... <laughs> The last head that he shows is actually Alistair Crowley, which is creepy as shit. That is... I wonder it was scary. That's really weird, man. So, all right, here we go. 
we've got Danny Elfman doing the music. We've got Phil, I mean, uh, Tim Burton directing and the innocent Pee Wee Herman running around in all of this. It's like there was this underlying, during this movie, there's this underlying evil in this entire world. That's the way at least I feel about it. Huh? What? Yeah. Like, there's something just wrong with all these people that they are the way they are. I just, it's, I, I may be the only person that feels this way, but I think the world that Pee Wee Herman lives in is damn creepy. Uh, you are not the only like, person to feel that way. Yeah, I'm trying to find a, the quote. But yeah, it's, it's a very Stepford type vibe of everybody just, you know, it's like a bunch of robots. I, I mean, I guess what you see there, I mean, I say, I see what you're saying. Like the, 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 the clown was creepy, large Marge, um, Francis. You know, France. And that pantsuit. <clears throat> well. Here we go, Mike. I got backup uh, from a uh, notable source. Uh oh. For your perspective. David Letterman once said of the character What makes me laugh is that it has the external structure of a bratty little precocious kid, but you know it's being controlled by the incubus, the manifestation of evil itself. Whoa. <laughs> I stand vilified right there. Maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> Vindicated. 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 That's it. Well, I have been vilified also, but that's... (laughs) So, yeah, no, I mean, there is like this little bit of, you know, there's sacrifice and chickens somewhere in this world. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, and that's the thing is he does have kind of an aggressive side. He can uh, display tantrums. He will uh, do revenge sort of... Uh, actions against, especially like Francis. I mean, he practically drowns all the fat kid in the pool. Yeah. And that whole thing. And there's someone's knitting a cable net sweater and they keep knitting and knitting and knitting. That's, yeah. I, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying it's creepy. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of darkness there. I guess I can't disagree. I mean, I hadn't thought about it quite like that. I'm, I'm usually wrapped up in the film and, but yeah. I mean, and then that, Burton's kind of got that sensibility anyway, and at this point, he hadn't quite zoned in on it yet. Well, I think he so. was feeling it out. It was his first direct. I mean, his first direction. So it's not like he can go full like Beetlejuice. Full Burton. Yeah, he couldn't go full Beetlejuice on us at this point. You know, he kind of had to. You know, he he probably had to think in the back and says like, I could do this, but some people are going to think this movie is for kids. And I don't want to terrify them just yet, because I'd really like to do another movie. So, Well, I think when they got to Large March, I kind of kind of fucked that up. <laughs> I, think I was all of scarred us. as a kid. Yeah, I think all of us had that reaction. And you watch it now, and you're like, huh. I was never scared by it. I remember I, I, that was one of the most memorable th- memorable things about the whole movie. Yeah, but you were like 46 when this thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel got to the joke before I could. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but, and it's like, it's like they, they took the scenarios, just go from, I want to say one corny joke to the other, like the convertible falling and opening the, opening the top and slowly lowering, de- lowering down after large Marge. That means I was driving with her ghost. You know, it's, they take these cornball scenarios and they put Pee Wee Herman in on it. And it's almost, I don't say that he's not in on the joke, but. As a character, he almost, he reminds me of Burton Ernie, where he's a child, but he has his own house and no parents anywhere. And, like, you can't quite tell if he's supposed to be a small boy or an adult. And he Forrest Gumps himself all over everywhere and always yeah. ends up okay. True. Well, it's it's almost like you've taken a, a real world and added absurdist elements to it. And he's the, the linchpin of the whole thing that's, like, holding it all together. 
Like it's almost like his imagination is is creating some of what we're seeing in this real life scenario, and you don't know what's real and what isn't, but it's played out like it's that would be real a brain life. twister. What if Pee Wee Herman's big adventure ends with him in a mental facility imagining the entire thing? Well, that's what I was just about to say. That's probably what is happening. Is like <laughs> the reality is that, that Pee Wee is just locked up in an in an asylum somewhere, banging his head the against the closet film. wall. It's the yeah. Matrix. It would explain the third <laughs> film that we're going to talk about later a little more, but closet wall. Where do you go to bang your head? It's like a Murphy's bed. (laughs) A closet wall. Okay, never mind. I rescind my question. Don't make me Michael McDonald, you guys, again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah. um, (laughs) Can I have the Michael McDonald, the Michael McDonald reference? (laughs) So, go ahead, Joel. I was going to say, but but who of us, when when we saw this the first time, didn't kind of want to have that house I has? I mean... I have no desire to have that house. None. The amount of time it would take to set up everything every night would make going to bed worthless. Yes. Well, and he and goes, then you don't even eat it. I was going to say, this is the first time it really bugged me that it goes through that process of making Mr. Breakfast and he eats two bites of Mr. T's cereal and then leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but that's that's one of his signature things. And, and Speck is he, so He cute. always takes one bite of anything and then he's done. <laughs> right. And we'll get to that later. The, the the things that carried over. But, I mean, it's, it's just one of those houses. It's like uh, the house on the rock. You know, it's just this really crazy environment where your eye can't stay on any one thing at any moment because there's just too much going on. So it's it's like a living work of art. And I always loved watching those that scene just to see all the different things that were going on inside of the house. Well, he does kind of have a, a love with, uh, for the kind of stuff you're going to find at like dollar stores and uh, flea markets. Everything from his pranks to his uh, display of lawn ornaments. Yeah. Souvenir shops. He's John Waters' illegitimate child. (laughs) (laughs) Without the pencil-thin mustache and homoeroticism. Watching it as an adult, do we feel the same about it? I definitely remember it being funnier than it was. Mm. I, I enjoyed this movie a lot as a kid, and I remember quoting it a lot and just liking it. I still liked it, but it was definitely not as, you know, laugh out loud funny as it was to me as a kid. There were a couple of scenes that did make me laugh, like when he was walking through the dark and he turned on his headlight glasses and he was just surrounded by a bunch of stuffed animals. No, yeah. those were real was, animals. That man. was really funny. <laughs> a couple of live animals, but yeah. most of them were stuffed. I have to, I I do have to say that is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Still makes me laugh. Uh, for for me, I you know I've always been a fan, and my cousin was really into him a lot. Like that was his thing, so it was it was part of my childhood a little bit more frequently because of that. But um, I've always had a fondness for the character and the films. It's kind of like RoboCop, where it's got this inexplicable thing to it, like a like a really good song that you want to see it again and see your favorite parts or or hear them in that case. Wait, wait, and, wait. Did you just what? say Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure is just like RoboCop? No, it, it reminds me of RoboCop and the fact that I can't quite put my finger on what it is that I love about it, but I okay. love watching it okay. for the, the certain scenes that always stick out to me or that, that make me feel a certain way. Like when you're listening to a, your favorite song and it hit, gets to your favorite part, you know, and you get that feeling, oh, yeah, I want to hit listen to it again. Anyway, so watching it as an adult, I, I don't think I've seen it uh, real recently. It's been several years. And I, I loved it just as much as I did every other time I've watched it because it just kind of makes me go back to that time period. And, and it's just a nice little slice of weirdness. I haven't seen this since the early 90s, back when uh, he retired the character following his arrest. 
uh, being caught exposing himself and masturbating in the back of an adult movie theater. Yeah, because that never happens. Like, who hasn't done that? Well, I think he hadn't gone for the, like, do you know who I am? Uh, he probably, his career path would have been completely different if he just, like, let them throw him out. But, uh, I, and I don't know that that event necessarily casts a shadow over the movie, but I was definitely watching it from a different perspective. And yeah, some of it didn't work as well as I remember him. Like, you know, the basic formula. He's going to go from place to place meeting these weird characters and he's going to be himself and he's going to play off them in whatever they've got going on. And then for one reason or another, he's going to have to leave them and move to the next character. Right. I, I was excited to watch this. I won't lie. I was like ready to check this out. Totally cool. When they got through the, I know you are, but what I am, what am I? I know you are, but when that got that point in the movie, the very beginning, I was like, this is going to be rough. <laughs> I mean, I remember loving it, and I think it's one of those things where your brain pulls out all the really awesome, like the large Marge. You know, it pulls that scene out. It pulls out the, um, uh, I'm trying to think, the, uh, him trying to save all the animals out of the, out of the pet store, which I think is pretty damn funny. The yeah, Alice the Cooper video. Song. Yeah. The, well, no, not Alice Cooper. That was, uh, Twisted Sister. Oh, Twisted Sister. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Twisted Sister video. You're going to burn in hell. <laughs> which is an yeah, actual like, song like of theirs. The, um, the, the deep in the heart of Texas scene. That one, that's always funny to me. Yeah. That's still funny. <laughs> yeah. That still made me laugh. Yeah, but in the meantime, you know, you've got all these great scenes that you remember that are bridged by some kind of cringeworthy stuff. And I'm with Mike on this. As an adult, it's harder for me to transport myself back to being 13 when I thought this character was really funny. And I was just like, huh. I can understand why, like, pre-teen Josh liked this, but he's a little bit irritating. Aww. I'm not going to say I dislike the movie, but like the... You can understand why why the adults didn't like it when he was popular. Right. Right. And the shine was tarnished for me. And I don't think it was just knowing what happened to him that made him retire the character until basically this year. It's like like watching... It's like us as adults now watching PewDiePie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. You know... Ed, Joel, you can can attest to this. PewDiePie or um, uh, the one... The British guy with a really friggin' annoying voice. Our Dan TDM? No. Uh, oh. Stampy. Stampy oh. Long Nose. Uh, see, see, Juliana loves Stampy, but when you say PewDiePie to her, she goes, no, 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 we're not, no. <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> yeah, my girls, I mean, talking about annoying things that they're going to wonder why they enjoyed when they were kids is like right now Jack Septic Eye, which is, that's a thing. We're getting off topic. I know we're getting off topic. It's what we do. Oh, that's so. right. <laughs> but anyway, it's, I mean, in that same, in that same vein of like what Josh was saying, I, again, say to the girls, I gotta watch this movie for the show. Now I have, I have almost like a little asterisk on a stick that I hold, I carry around the house. <laughs> I, I have to watch this movie for the show. When I was your age, I loved it. And then I hold up the asterisk because <laughs> like cricket and not, not, yeah, because that's <laughs> that when means I, Mike is not out. Mike is not out. This is going to be the, I loved it when I was a kid, but things were kind of weird back then. So <laughs> it, was, it was the 80s. We were trying to recover from the 60s and 70s. Right. But no, you there's, were. Yeah, no, there's been a couple Shut of times. Shut up! <laughs> when, when they look at me and they're like, 
so you love this, huh, Dad? I'm like, yeah, I, I did. Thought it was great. That's when you need to record what they love now to play for them. Oh, I play. am completely... Let's just say when, when, if and when they get married, I got more than enough stuff to, to show at that event. <laughs> He's got like a time capsule full of things. Oh, yeah. Usually when we talk about a film like this, we go through like scene by scene in the plot. But I mean, basically, it's like this weird little guy gets his bike stolen and goes across the country to get it back and that's pretty it's much it of, it's, it's like a series of little vignettes with odd characters yeah 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 that's what i love about it one of the many reasons so joel and, what's, and you're, you're basically we you know the only steady constant is is your viewpoint through peewee's eyes yeah well i mean and see that's the thing why i think there's this underlying evilness to all this because there's been more than one time where something is going on and it's like even peewee's like there's something wrong here where he, I mean, like, there's some that he just, like, he's not in on the joke that the rest of the world has, and he doesn't get it. So, again, maybe he's just, in, you know, in the padded cell. Yeah, and it's not as though he's the weirdo and, like, the rest of the world's normal reacting to him. The world itself that he inhabits is an odd version of the world. Yeah, like, I mean, he, tur- he, he turns the bikers from wanting to kill him and hang him and do all kinds of horrible things to him to loving him and celebrating him just because he does this really awkward, weird dance to an odd song from 20 years back. I do have to say that watching the dance again, I'm fairly certain that the entire thing was improvised i remember doing that dance i think all of us did yeah yep yep yeah at some point yeah one point or another it came on everyone you know what the one of the funniest things for at least for me that i laugh at every time is when he borrows the shoes that no. made me laugh this i did I, I never caught it before no somehow. <laughs> how much shorter the uh, yeah yeah the guy gets when Suddenly he gives him the shoes six inches shorter <laughs> I'm doing the dance right now. <laughs> of course you are. In my head. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it would. It was a definitely a very odd dance, but I mean, it was very Pee Wee esque. Yeah, that and when he they put him on the motorcycle and he runs headlong into the billboard. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. See, and that's the thing. It's like you're you're like, oh yeah, when he runs into the billboard, and it's followed up immediately by the terrifying clown surgeon scene. Oh yeah. See, yeah, Joel. See that okay. got pushed to the back of your head, right? Yeah, that that's a little evil. I mean, especially when he pulls the mask down, he's got the clown mouth, but the normal face. Yeah. Yeah. See? And he keeps having like? nightmares about different things happening to his bike. What's not to like? I think the say. bike is what makes him immortal and always young. You think the bike is the problem? The bike, the bike is red like the devil. It's the devil's bike that he stole. Oh my god! It's like it's like a portrait of Dorian Gray. Exactly. Well, it's a portrait I mean, of the bicycle of Dorian Gray. The bicycle of Pee-wee in the gray suit. Well, this is something I was going to bring up at some point anyway. Uh, if you want to talk about that aspect, he we all know how old he is, right? No. How old is he? 63. What? Yep. What? August 27th, 1952, 5 feet 10 inches, 63 years old. Yeah, uh, there's a really interesting piece in the trivia in the second half that we're going to get back to. That's yeah. uh, that is crazy pants. The bicycle of Dorian Gray? Yeah. <laughs> I would not watch that movie or read that book. <laughs> now, just saying. Here's here's another question for you. 
Okay. I I remember scenes that didn't occur in this in this I guess maybe version. Well, are you thinking of you're mixing up Pee Wee Big Time Pee Wee or I don't know because I remember him like for the TV show maybe I mean it's like I remember him like when he's wrapping his uh his bike up in the chain I remember the camera panning back far enough that you could see the chain going into the bottom of the container on the side. Well, that could could have just have something to do with the editing, like widescreen versus you know uh, letterbox versus okay pan and scan aspect ratio. Know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Okay, maybe we'll go we'll go with that because I kind of do remember seeing that too at one point, like noticing that. Yeah, it does sound familiar. Yeah, so it probably there, just has something to do with just the way it was of, formatted. Yeah, right, makes sense. Or maybe there was a slight edit. I don't know, like there's a TV version or something. Yeah, all which right, happens especially back in those days. So, what do you think? Our Think we're uh, milking this one out? Yikes! Back to he milking was. this one out. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got arrested. Did, yeah, did, did we milk the peewee? Yikes! Oh. Can, we, can we talk about how cute Elizabeth Daly is? We can. T- you've got thirty seconds. Go. We did that already in the John Cusack show. So. All right. During Better Off Dead, but she is definitely a cutie. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, the 2016 Netflix movie. Yeah. And his return to form. Yeah. So I guess we're done squeezing the (laughs) Pee-wee. Fuck is wrong with you people. That's awesome. Right, we are back from squeezing the peewee. Yikes! What? That's our new thing. No, no. Yeah, Patrick was. <laughs> I'm not on board with this. <laughs> Squeeze your own peewee. I will. Later. I will. Yeah. So, um, 2016, Paul Rubens puts the bow tie back on and jumps back into the peewee uh, uh, persona after you know doing some. Other, he does some other stuff, but uh, this is the Netflix created movie. That, this uh, is this has got to be cre- considered a, a reboot, I would say, because they al- they almost don't acknowledge anything that happened in the first movie at all, or in the show, or anything. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in the trivia. Oh, is it mentioned? Okay, all right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this is the story of Pee Wee Herman, who is now the homebody. Doesn't leave. Stays in. Uh, stays in his house. You know, has his little, uh, I guess, work life thing going on, and apparently has never left town. Yeah, the town of Fairville. Everybody knows him, and it's a very insulated town. Like, how many? It was like under a thousand people. Oh yeah, yeah. because when he leaves, yeah, nine hundred seventy-six, I think. Yeah, because when he leaves, the guy that they that? hired to sit by the sign and change the numbers. <laughs> So, I wonder if he's considered part of the city because he's right there at the border. Ooh. Yeah. Does he stand there with like two numbers and jump back and forth between? <laughs> now I'm in. Now I'm out. Now I'm in. No, I don't know. He, he I don't... lives on the other side of the sign, so he's always in a paradox because he, he crosses over to change it. But it's every time he crosses over, he has to change it back. Now I'm confused. You know, normally when we do something like this, I save my opinion for the end. But like after seeing how the original was tarnished for me, I was not looking forward to this movie. I dragged my feet to go see it, and eventually I saw it. I, I waited until just before the show to finally see it. I watched it last night. 
I was rehooked on the film like 20 seconds in. Really? It took me a lot longer than that. I know yeah. exactly. I did not like the intro at all. I wasn't too big on the intro. I thought it was too much trying like, hey, look at this wacky. Yeah, yeah. it was It was too, It was was too. trying too hard. Well, it was a tip of the hat to the breakfast scene, but like what they could do with today's technology. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about the thing with Yule or are you talking about the actual? Oh, yeah, I was. Uh, you're right. The thing with Yule was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh. unnecessary. But I, just, I forgot about that. Wait, just to the voice the of E.T. Yule. thing. That was. You know, and okay, and again, with that whole meat with the asterisks on the stick. Hey guys, we're gonna watch another Pee Wee movie. <laughs> just came out this year. Should be just as awesome as the last one. And then you get this Pee Wee Herman. Oh, before, sitting... before we get into the movie, do we want to do the trivia? We always do the trivia Wait, first. Oh, well, real quick. Well, he's sitting uh, with Mac and me. Right. It was just so <laughs> weird with six nostrils. Yeah. I, I've already seen the movie three times. Oh my god! Of course you have. So <laughs> just note to the reader: I've yeah, I've watched it three times. Yeah. In the past. I had so forgotten. If you're reading this podcast. Yeah. So okay, I had so... forgotten about the Mac and me bit. I meant 15 seconds into the intro after he wakes up from his alien dream okay, well, yeah let's get into let's, the cast yeah, and whatnot cast and whatnot yeah, okay so we have paul rubens re re uh bow tying himself as Wee. uh john mayer as the pharmacist uh, richard reel as dan paul rust as ernie who was actually one of the writers yep um i can't say this name at this point just say it like Wee says it in the movie joe manic has joe manganello joe manganello yeah him joe manganello frank colson oh. diane salinger re uh un- reuniting with Wee, but as a different uh character this time around david arquette as the dj Yep. Which was ridiculous. And Lynn Marie Stewart as Jimmy, who was one of the uh snake um the snake uh uh sideshow museum or yeah, museum, whatever that was, uh owners, who was actually in Pee Wee's uh, TV show. So, trivia. This is the first Pee Wee Herman film in twenty eight years. Wrap your head around that. Twenty eight years. Since Big Top Pee Wee came out. That's nuts. Okay, so along with wearing makeup... We are getting old! We, yeah. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Along with wearing makeup and using tape on his face, visual effects were used to de-age Paul Rubin's face. The Pee Wee films and the television series were used as references. That is awesome. I I was thinking how good he looked, how much he still looked like Pee Wee from the 80s. So can we find an untouch-up? Where's a picture of him with nothing? reality is we were lied to. I mean, his IMDb shows what he looks like. Yeah, Actually, I mean, he's been, he's been in plenty of roles as Paul Rubin, so you can easily find what he looks like. If you've seen Batman Returns when he's Penguin's father in that movie, it's pretty much what he looks like now. Hmm. Nobody? No, I'm... I don't watch Gotham I just, anymore. I gave up. Not, on not Gotham. No. Batman, Returns. Batman Returns. But I just had a oh, kind really? of an aha that moment because... <laughs> that was him. That was... I, I, I forgot about that because he plays... He played Oswald Cobblepot's dad in, in Gotham. Yep. Yep. I did not even make that connection. All right. I'm looking at his pictures as I looked up Pee Wee, you know, Paul Rubin's no makeup. For 63, he looks pretty dang good. I'll post mm-hmm. one in the chat for those who are lazy, Patrick. So anyway... Moving on with this, uh, Lynn Marie Stewart, who plays Jimmy with Snake Farm Owner, was Miss Yvonne in Pee-wee's Playhouse. This does not connect in any way to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee-wee, or Pee-wee's Playhouse, though I would have loved to have seen Morpheus in this. Right. <laughs> if he came back as Cowboy Curtis, swollen, of course. But um, Cowboy Curtis, choose your pill. <laughs> what if I told you? I don't do drugs. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, John Moody, John Paragon, and Diane Selinger, as we said, also appeared in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. 
Slasher. And uh, Pee-wee was also on Gotham as Oswald Koppelbots, uh, the, the Penguin's father. Which yep, was an am- second time he's played Penguin's father. An amazing, because uh, he actually looks like the dude who plays the Penguin. On uh, the cur- yeah. The other thing I saw, it didn't get transferred over uh, from the trivia, is that it was Joe Manganiello's idea for him to play himself. Oh, yeah, I did see that trivia. He yeah. was playing a fictionalized version of himself. He was, he was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Well, I've always liked him. Like, if, since he showed up in True Blood, I, oh. I've... But what about Spider-Man I, I, I'm not familiar with anything of him because I don't. I haven't seen anything he's been in. This is the first thing I've ever seen of him. He, he played Flash and uh, Flash Thompson in Spider-Man movies, the original ones. You how are, about How I Met Your Mother? How about How yeah. You Met My Mother? You met her in college, like I did. So, um, <laughs> I can pinpoint the exact moment where I was I was sold on this movie. When he's talking to uh, Joe, and Joe's trying to convince him that he know, actually know, knows who he is. He's like, come on, you've, you've seen True Blood? No. Oh. You've seen Magic Mike? You'd think so, but no. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, that was the line that I'm like, put it all in, Charlie. I'm well, it's good. a beautiful double entendre, because like the idea that... It, it, Pee-wee could retain his innocence and still think that the movie was about somebody who's magical. Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, that, that, I mean, just the whole nod, the whole self-awareness of that moment. I, I was good. Now, in all honesty, though, I, well, we'll get to it to the end on the thumbs up, thumbs down thing, but. This one's a little bit a little bit more different. Uh, Pee Wee Herman crosses the country to go to Joe's birthday party yeah, in New York City because he's it, never left town. It's a very anachronistic film because he's living in a town that's straight out of the fifties. And as soon as Joe Manganiello comes in, Joe Manganiello comes in. You know, he's obviously modern day man. And then once he leaves a town, it continues to be anachronistic throughout the whole film. You know, there's all these little. It very much things. felt like, uh, what's the name of the, the town from the Truman Show? Seaport Village or whatever? Oh, uh, that's uh, Seaside. Seaside I, Village? I've been there several, huh. several times. That was the vibe I got from it. You were on a reality show? Yeah, I was on a reality show. Oh, no, I've actually, I've actually, it's in um, near um, Destin, Florida, where I go and, like, and now, every now and then. The set? No, the whole town. <laughs> Is it an actual functional yeah, town? Yeah, it's an actual uh-huh. town. It's a little, it's a little, it's called Seaside. It's a little town. It's um, uh, east of Destin, and you can go into the grocery, like the grocery store. It looks exactly like it does in there, and there's actually a huge picture of uh, them shooting the scene hanging up in there. Cool. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's what this town reminded me of. Yeah, yeah just like that. So at the beginning of the movie, you've got this reestablishment of Pee-wee as a guy who everybody loves, but he doesn't like change. He never breaks any rules. He never takes any risks. He doesn't like trying things that are new. And he never gets dirty no matter how much food he cooks. <laughs> right. You're, and you're I, wish, I wish I had that power. I know. If you're a fry cook, you are almost, your clothes are almost transparent by the time you cook that much hash browns. <laughs> and when he meets Joe, this guy from out of town who's cool, but they like have this connection. Like they're practically the same person. They like all the same things. They have this instant bond of friendship, except the one big difference that Joe is a man of the world and thinks that that's what Pee Wee's missing in his life. He's like, you need to get out. You need to take some chances, live a little. Mm hmm. Get out there. Get out past the uh, the root beer candies. The you know root beer barrels. Root beer barrels. And they both love root beer barrels. I love. Are those full of? Do they have actual root beer in them? <laughs> no, no, that's they one don't. of the big. Okay, because I was like, I want this candy if it has actual root beer in it. <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> 
I was ready to go out and buy some. I was like, oh God, I'm going to find some hilarious. of this. It's right, right next to the Zagnut bars. Pat's all frustrated because he can't drink anything out of the middle of the root beer barrels. <laughs> he can't find these little bitty straws. All right. So, no, yeah, he gets uh, gets the idea that he's got to leave town. And the thing, it's almost as if the whole town can't handle change. Because it's like when he leaves, everything goes to hell. Nobody knows how to cook. I mean, um, what's no, this? nobody knows how to feed themselves. Right. Apparently. Diner, apparently. And, uh, What's with the the guy who owns the diner trying to put out the he's where he's cooking the hash browns with his shoe? <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene was pretty pathetic. Yeah. So I mean, it's I'm trying to pinpoint exactly what was missing to this to me. Oh, did we talk about scuba cop yet? <laughs> I, sorry, the I had, to had let sharks and the sharks he hates the most. <laughs> There were several moments in this movie that did make me laugh. Things like that 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 almost felt like 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 Tina Fey type jokes. See, I think I can detect a clear split because I just unabashedly loved this. Oh, yeah. Like I, I was like, how is this this good? It has no reason to be this good. Hence why I've seen it three times. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying when I, in my mind, when I think of Pee Wee Herman, I think of that it, it needed more Burton. Mm. You know what I mean? It needed huh. that, I needed uh, I needed that darkness. There was no I, darkness to this one. I, I couldn't disagree more. I mean, the, partially because Tim Burton is only present in that win, one incarnation of Pee Wee Herman. I, I, that, you don't have that same feel necessarily to his stage show or to the cartoon, the Saturday morning show, or even Big Top Pee Wee. Like it's almost like he is a constant, but everything around him is different. This is just one. One more version of him. Which, once again, leads us to believe, is it all in his head? <laughs> sure. <laughs> he, just, he just decided to reboot in right. his mind. But, but there's so much in this where it's it's very pure, it's very innocent, it's very uh, 50s diner kind of atmosphere. But then there's other things going through it that are very not <laughs> that. Like the, the three girls that he meets up with that rob the bank. I mean, they're based on Russ Meyer's Faster Pussycat Kill Kill um, <laughs> film, you know? So there's a nod to the 60s. And then, yeah. uh, I mean, there's so many things going on at all times. It's yeah. And then, you know, when when they showed up, Susan's like, is that maybe? <laughs> and I'm glad that she's finally old enough that I can not feel like a creep when I think she's cute. Can, uh, can you please explain? No, it's a show you refuse to watch out of sheer stubbornness. Yeah. Arrested Development. And, she, and, <laughs> Aaliyah Shawkat, the one who played the female Peewee. Oh, she plays, that ex- she plays maybe. maybe okay. Blues. I understand now because Paul Rust, the writer of this, he was a writer on uh, Arrested Development as well as Comedy Bang Bang. And there's a lot of comic so. stylings in this movie that, that have a definite Arrested Development vibe to them. Okay, that explains it. But no, I didn't know. You would love Arrested Development if you would just watch it, sir. I, I You know what? Hey, you want you want to that point is pr- very much true because uh, somebody told me I had to watch 30 Rock and I, I've, again, a lot of things in that I don't care for, but I've watched, I don't know, three or four episodes. Hilarious. Great show, but I haven't sat down and actually watched it like on my own. There's a lot of actual laugh out loud moments in that. Exactly. Show. So I, I don't doubt it. I just will be stubborn because uh prisoner show anyway so back to the movie <laughs> i'm gonna hold you down at gen con and make you watch some episodes oh yeah of arrested development that. yeah let's yes. do that naked yeah yeah oh. let's do that <laughs> ppt baby i have no idea what's happening what's going on so anyway 
What happens so, is I turned off the sound player, so I can't Michael McDonald them. <laughs> so let's get back to the movie. What about the scene with the balloon? Which that was another trivia about. That's that the longest would... static shot in any of his films. <laughs> that was hysterical. I mean, the, the longer it went on, it, it was just one of those perfect jokes. That the longer it went on, the funnier it got. And it got to a point where I was like, "All right, this is going on too long." And then it just got funny again. It came <laughs> right? back around. Well, and then when you find out that all of the Amish people that are going past him. <laughs> Just stopping and forming an audience. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to them. And then the next scene is they're all doing it. Yeah, they're all doing it. And it's not even annoying. That was that was a pretty pretty damn funny scene. Oh, either that or when he he uh, gets lost in the woods and the guy's like coming to my cave, <laughs> and then they cut shit. and he's he's doing the the horrible rap on oh, stage. Daddy, why don't you love me? I'm <laughs> daddy, daddy, why don't you hug me? And there was a second time he did the, the little girl <laughs> scream running. <laughs> that scream was so awesome. I, lo- I love that they kicked him off the bus because he wouldn't stop doing it. <laughs> uh. Like, uh, I don't know, each of the vignettes, it, it follows a very similar pattern to the uh, uh, original, but I just found them all more entertaining. Yeah. I, I do. Okay. Just as I have said, are we calling spoilers? No. Yeah. I, no. I don't think people know what they're getting into. They, they know. <laughs> when when yeah. they pull Pee Wee out of the well with the magnet to his head, <laughs> that's when Suzanne came home. And she, she walks in and she's like, oh, you're watching. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Just like, Pee Wee has a metal plate in his head. There's that How? whole scene where they're like, he's like, uh, unfortunately, for safety reasons, you're going to have to stay there for two days. Yeah. What What are they talking about? They didn't want the well to collapse in on him. What safety reasons? It had been raining. <laughs> I have a cold. I don't. <laughs> Sharks with a jewel heist. It could happen. <laughs> Those are the sharks scuba cop hates the most. there's just a lot of and i don't think it's just nostalgia i mean i think part of it is a nostalgia for the character and maybe us wanting to see it modernized to it not having that kind of stigma that it had in the original that you guys are kind of pointed out earlier you know what it's just i think i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i was gonna say maybe it's just that it's really well done yes go ahead no i I i think what this is missing in all honesty the only thing it's missing i don't think it's tim burton i think it's phil hartman honestly that could be it i mean just that little bit of of extra oomph that he would give it that little bit of humanization with the with the comedy you know that he's good at that he was good at yeah Hmm. because who doesn't need more phil hartman right his wife apparently oh yikes wow I got dark. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to have to call too soon on that one. <laughs> yeah, that one even made gotcha. me feel bad. <laughs> How can you say that about Phil Hartman, man? Oh, Jeez, man. dude. He's going to haunt you. Good. I would love that. <laughs> Not in the good way. Oh. Being haunted by Phil Hartman. Nice. <laughs> uh, they kind of impre- have... impressions of other ghosts. <laughs> They kind of had a callback to the uh, Deep in the Heart of Texas with the musical number when he gets to New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was I, I love how he's just walking down the street and the whole, you know, everybody looks like they're, they're just, you know, extras. And then suddenly they all burst into choreographed moves. Well, and they also did a, a nod to the first one in the train station when he does a little dance. He does it real briefly, does a, a version of the dance from the, the bar. Oh, I, I missed that, that song. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Or when he's in the, the shop and the, the two, they have the little license vanity plate, uh, things. And one of them says Joe and the other one says Pee Wee. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. What about the dream sequences where they're talking in Spanish in slow motion? <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't know. Every so time. Weird. I, don't I, just know, leave I don't know why I love those so much. All I know <laughs> is that he I, agreed to do those. I want to joust on a piñata. That's all <laughs> I know out of those scenes. That that sounds like awesome. Piñata jousting sounds like a great time. Well, I wish somebody could tell me what they were saying because I it doesn't have any captions and I don't speak Spanish and I don't have Baxter with me. <laughs> Or a wheel of cheese, I, 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 Josh. You speak I gotta Spanish, say though right? that, that I really do enjoy this new movement. Almost, I don't know what it would be called of like these Hollywood hunk guys that are willing to make fun of themselves and do these just absolutely asinine things, like Channing Tatum in This Is the End, and you know Joe in this movie. Yeah, it's just funny. Well, I mean, it's I think it's kind of I want to say it's almost from um, Neil Patrick Harris. That everyone loves the fact that he's so self-aware. Self-deprecating. Yeah, and he knows what's going on. He he can take a joke. He can make fun of himself. And everyone sees how far that's taking him. And how well-loved he is. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the guy, make you know, you can't say anything really bad about the guy because he's fantastic. He's hilarious. Everybody loves him. Even the geeks in the squares and the motorheads. He's a righteous dude. <laughs> he is a righteous dude. <laughs> So yeah, so but no, I think I think that's where that's coming from is that idea that you know that you just because you're a action star, you do these type of movies doesn't mean you can't laugh at yourself, you know? Right. Well, well go ahead. Oh, I was just going to answer part of your question. I, I think that the dream sequences start right after he falls asleep after the uh, people are speaking Spanish, trying to warn the j- joke guy about <laughs> the uh, grocery bag, and for some reason he starts dreaming after hearing them speak Spanish, and they're just talking about how great the party is every time. Is that what and it I, is? Okay. I, I love that, that he rolls the window up the second time and it's in Spanish for them. That was... <laughs> and he knew it was coming. Yeah, but he, it's still just so funny. Or or when he pulls out the, the disguise kit and you, you're like, <laughs> yeah. you know that's going to come into play, but then how it came into play? Well, that oh whole sequence God. was so great because he walks into the classic joke of the farmer and all of his daughters. Yep. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know where that was going at first. And then as they started coming one by one, I'm like, oh man, they're just telling of the joke. Well, and then, and that's the thing. It's like the the whole movie is like you said, Josh. It's these little joke vignettes, and the, the farmer's daughter one was so weird, especially when they got to the big big swing. <laughs> And then it leads to the predictable only place it could have, the shotgun wedding. Right. And then the little two-inch by four-inch box of disguise kit <laughs> somehow has, an has, a, has, a, a, has, has a foam cowboy hat. <laughs> I, love, I love how he comes out and just everybody's like, oh, that's just the cowboy that was in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hi, Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> See, I think I think it's because of the fact that I watched these two so close together that I was expecting them. I was expecting the darkness to show up, you know, like the Farmer Brown thing. I was expecting something really weird to happen, you know, like and a it, large Marge kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting. I, I got to admit, at, at one point, I was wondering if he was going to turn out to be a ghost. I did think that Pee-wee before or... all his daughters were were introduced. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be like a you know some kind of haunted house, and he's a ghost or something. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that I that's what I felt because like when he showed up and he's like. Just sitting there on the on the. How you doing? Like oh, without, without Tim Burton, you're not going to have any undead, though. Right. It's like you. This guy is entirely too nice to be normal. Right. <laughs> it's just Farmer Brown. You knew something was going to be a, a miss. The whole part but... where they're knocking on his door was pretty damn funny too. <laughs> I have. Blank- oh. Yeah. I have blankets. Was... No. Oh yeah. <laughs> what he keeps. <laughs> yeah, two of them try blankets. It's eighty <laughs> degrees in here. When he falls out. <laughs> 
<laughs> when he falls out the window and the one sitting with the full made up table. Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> just like, see, the dog liked it too. Yeah, she's starting to get a little crazy because it was raining outside and now she's all wet. She doesn't like it. Aw. So, yeah. So, hmm. favorite parts of this movie for anybody? All of it. I'm with Joel. I, I this I was shocked at how much I liked this because I didn't necessarily want to see it. I I was dragged kicking and screaming to it by virtue of having to watch it for the show, and uh, I I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for the show. I had no designs on watching it, and I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but there were definitely a lot of moments that made me laugh. Yeah. So I don't regret watching it. I probably won't watch it again, but I don't regret watching it. Yeah. I'm I'm with Pat. I might probably won't seek this one out and be like, oh, it's on DVD now. I'm going to pick it up. But, you know, for a one-shot watch, it was pretty dang good. I still think his scream was hilarious when that snake popped yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently that snake farm was run by me because... Nothing but bad puns. Right. The yeah. water moccasins and the, the baby rattlers and uh, totally my thing. So Yeah, I, I'd go so far as to say I like this better than the original. So could you would you have liked it as much without the original? Probably not. And um, it's also fair to say that if my expectations had not been lowered by the fact that the original didn't hold up as well as I hoped it would for me, I might not have liked this as much. Interesting point. Hmm. So that that definitely plays into how much I liked it. So note to the listener, watch the original, then watch the new one. I liked them both about the same, to be honest with you. I like um, I like the original less than I remembered liking it, and I like this one. I like the remake more than I thought I would. So they kind of met in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, I'm I'm on Pat's side on this side, on this one because it's like I was expecting to love Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and it was kind of like yeah, like you said, I remember loving it and not entirely sure 100 percent why I loved it as remember loving it as much as I did, but it wasn't terrible. And then with this one, I wasn't, after, you know, watching the first one, then this, I wasn't, like, expecting much, but I laughed out loud more than I expected to. Especially when uh, um, Diane Salinger was in the hot tub with... Oh, yeah, with the, with the hermit guy. With the hermit guy. It was awesome that she also threw an au revoir at Pee-wee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad, Dad, why don't you love me? Dad, Dad, <laughs> why don't you hug me? You could you could have paused that right when the lights went out in the cave and be like, all right, what's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you would have not have I guessed. I would not have guessed, you know, bad rapping about why your father doesn't love you. <laughs> that caused you to move out to nowhere and live in the wilderness. I, I was expecting it to be some kind of, there was going to be some kind of uh, tie into him being a CPA, like he was going to have an office set up or something. <laughs> He's gonna... That's what I was expecting to see. <laughs> so, well, okay. Well, I think we already know the answer to this but i just want to make sure so uh old and new movies thumbs up thumb down i'm a thumbs up on both not like a you know enthusiastic thumbs up but i'm definitely a thumbs up on both yeah it's not a, it's a one thumb up it's not a two thumb up or a three thumb up <laughs> All right, but Jay. it's definitely a one thumb up it was good it was better than i expected I, I liked it better than i remembered it and i liked the second one more than i thought i was going to yeah, for me, the original is barely even a thumbs up anymore, but uh, the new one is an enthusiastic thumbs up. Nice. Yep, uh, and I, I'm thumbs up all the way around. All my thumbs are up <laughs> on both films. So you've got six. Where up. are your thumbs up? Six thumbs up. My butt. Yikes. And they'll be up yours at Gen Con. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what What did we just agree to? You didn't. This is me and Pat. We're going to be watching Arrested this is, Development. This is the PPT after party. Oh, okay. Right. You down nope. with PPT? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> 
Note to self, bring more baby wipes. <laughs> Ew. All right. So what are we on? Uh, what are we What are we doing next week? Well, it's a sad topic. Yeah. If you've listened to our Billboard Hot 100 shows, you know that uh, all of us are huge fans of Prince. And the shocking announcement of his death today has basically, we talked about it. And uh, yeah, we want to go through his career uh, from all the way back days of Purple Rain and before uh, up till very recently. Yeah, we got to see, uh, you know, one of the things that um, we had, I've been talking about with people at work and when we found out about it was the amount of uh, lyrics that this guy wrote. All the songs that he's involved with that you had no idea he actually wrote and just handed off. Like, My Big Shocker on this one, Manic Monday. Yep. <laughs> Did not He's know. He's a big writer for the Bengals. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of those one of those things that we're going to dig into on our uh, Prince uh, show for next week. If you'd like to check out our other shows, you can always check out our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and Google Play Podcasts. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, it is finally live. Yeah. If you're looking to get in touch with us, feel free to, uh, you can email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also, uh, call us at 708 now wrap, 708 669 or follow us on Twitter at, at 40go14. Yeah. I wish I could do that scream. <laughs> what? Oh. Just that high pitched. So I think we're done here. I think we're done here. I know you are, but what am I? I know you, you are, but what am I? <laughs> What the hell was that? What uh, was that? I have no idea. He's, he, he like he like hiccuped, like peewee hiccuped. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, All right. Good night, Joe Magnaville. Night, everybody. That was more like Doctor uh, Doctor Nick. Doctor Nick <laughs> was a little Doctor Nick. <laughs> Hey, everybody. <laughs> wow, that's good. The head bone connecting to the <laughs> neck bone. The neck bone connecting to the arm bone. The arm bone connecting to my wristwatch. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you go to Upstairs stuff. Medical College, too? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Dr. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Okay, and you can still hear me? I should know better than to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, what did I expect? Right. (laughs) Either way. There's there's no correct answer for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's always going to be silence. (laughs)